Good evening, dear students. Teacher Sam here with another episode of You, Me, and Words. Thank you so much for your patience. I was quite busy last week and I did not get a chance to record an episode as I thought I would. But it's okay. Here we are. We are back. And tonight I would like to get into the next chapter of Charlotte's Web. It's possible that you are listening to this English teaching podcast, You, Me, and Words, for the very first time, and you are wondering, what is going on? What is Charlotte's Web? Well, a while ago, I started reading one of my favorite English books with all you listeners, and so, listen, it's been a process. It's been a slow process, but we are about to start chapter 17. So we're getting very close to the end of the book. And many of you have messaged me, emailed me, wondered when we're going to get to the end of the book, what's going to happen in this story. And so I thought tonight would be a wonderful opportunity for us to just kind of listen to Charlotte's Web Chapter 17, Chapter 17. By the way, this is Season 6, Episode 4. We are almost halfway through this season. As always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for supporting this podcast. Thank you for telling other students about it. I really, really appreciate it. So let's get into chapter 17. The name of it is Uncle. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Those of you who are listening to this podcast for the very first time, you're probably thinking, okay, chapter 17 of this book, what if I have never read a single chapter? No worries. Just go all the way back to the beginning of this podcast, and I promise you that you will be able to listen to every single chapter that we have read so far. I always recommend you guys buy this book. I think it's less than $10 on Amazon, Charlotte's Web. I recommend you buy the book because it's much easier to follow the story. It's much easier for you to actually, uh, you know, highlight the words. Uh, even when you listen to the episode again, it's much easier to highlight the words and really follow the story like that. So check out the book, get the book. I also want to be very clear, I don't own any rights or copyrights to this book. I always kind of say that in every single uh, chapter. I want to be clear, I'm only reading this here for you guys to help you improve your English. I strongly recommend 
recommend you buy the book and support this wonderful work of um, this American writer, E.B. White. So let's get into chapter 17. The name of the chapter is Uncle. When they pulled into the fairgrounds, they could hear music and see the Ferris wheel turning in the sky. They could smell the dust of the racetrack where the sprinkling cart had moistened it. And they could smell hamburgers frying and see balloons aloft. They could hear sheep blatting in their pens. An enormous voice over the loudspeaker said, Attention, please. Attention, please. Will the owner of a Pontiac car license number H2439 please move your car away from the fireworks shed? Can I have some money? Asked Fern. Can I, too? Asked Avery. I'm going to win a doll by spinning a wheel and it will stop at the right number, said Fern. I'm going to steer a jet plane and make it bump into another one. Can I have a balloon? asked Fern. Can I have a frozen custard and a cheeseburger and some raspberry soda pop? asked Avery. You children be quiet till we get the pig unloaded, said Mrs. Arable. Let's let the children go off by themselves, suggested Mr. Arable. The fair only comes once a year. Mr. Arable gave Fern two quarters and two dimes. He gave Avery five dimes and four nickels. Now run along, he said. And remember, the money has to last all day. Don't spend it all the first few minutes and be back here at the truck at noontime so we can all have lunch together. And don't eat a lot of stuff that's going to make you sick to your stomachs. And if you go in those swings, said Mrs. Arable, you hang on tight. You hang on very tight. Hear me? And don't get lost, said Mrs. Zuckerman. And don't get dirty. Don't get overheated, said the mother. Watch out for pickpockets, cautioned their father. And don't Cross the racetrack when the horses are coming, cried Mrs. Zuckerman. The children grabbed each other by the hand and danced off in the direction of the merry-go-round toward the wonderful music and the wonderful adventure and the wonderful excitement into the wonderful midway where there would be no parents to guard them, guide them, and where they could be happy and free and do as they pleased. So I want to stop here just for a second. You can see that they, who are they? Well, Fern, her brother, her mom, her dad, all the animals have actually finally arrived at the fair. Remember, the fair only happens once a year, once every year. And so this is a very special event. As you can see, the kids, Avery and Fern, are very excited they're asking their mom and dad for money. They're excited to go out there and explore this uh, fair, right? And, you know, as you can also see, mom and dad are very worried, right? Hey, don't do this. Don't do that. Be careful with this. Be careful with that. The dad also says, um, 
be careful or watch out for pickpockets. So be careful with pickpockets. What is this pickpockets? It's people who steal something from your pocket, right? So as you can see, the parents are warning the kids, right? And the writer has included this very strategically in this chapter. Why? Because he wants to remind us how he wants to remind us of that relationship between parents and children, right? Parents are very, very protective of their kids. They're very worried about their kids. And so as you can see here, right, we can, we can clearly see that mom and dad are very worried. It's like, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't go there. Don't go here. Right? Okay. Mrs. Arable stood quietly and watched them go. Then she sighed. That's when people sigh, right? She sighed. Then she blew her nose. Do you really think it's all right? She asked. Well, they've got to grow up sometime, said Mr. Ar Mr. Arable. An affair is a good place to start. I guess. It's an interesting question that the mom asks, right? She's kind of not sure. She's like, hey, do you think this is a good idea? Should I have let these kids go out there by themselves? And then the dad says, well, they have to grow up sometime, right? They have to become adults sometime. They cannot be our little kids forever. And that's an interesting point that the writer is making here. It's like he's reminding us of what it's like to be a kid, but he's also reminding us that Fern is growing up. She's, she's learning about new things. She's getting interested in new adventures like this uh, fairy, uh, excuse me, like this fair, for example, right? While Wilbur was being unloaded and taken out of his crate and into his new pig pen, crowds gathered to watch. They started at, no, they stared at a sign, Zuckerman's famous pig. Wilbur stared back and tried to look extra good. He was pleased with his new home. The pen was grassy and it was shaded from the sun by a shed roof. Charlotte, watching her chance, scrambled out of the crate and climbed a, pause, climbed a post to the underside of the roof. Nobody noticed her. Templeton, not wishing to come out in broad daylight, stayed quietly under the straw at the bottom of the crate. Mr. Zuckerman poured some skim milk into Wilbur's throw, pitched clean straw into his pen, and then he and Mrs. Zuckerman and the Arables walked away toward the cattle barn to look at purebred cows and to see the sights. Mr. Zuckerman particularly wanted to look at tractors. Mrs. Zuckerman wanted to see a deep freeze. Lurvy wandered off by himself, hoping to meet friends and have some fun on the midway. As soon as the people were gone, Charlotte spoke to Wilbur. It's a good thing you can't see what I see, she said. What do you see? asked Wilbur. 
there's a pig in the next pen and he's enormous. I'm afraid he's much bigger than you are. Maybe he's older than I am and has had more time to grow, suggested Wilbur. Tears began to come to his eyes. I'll drop down and have a closer look, Charlotte said. Then she crawled along a beam till she was directly over the next pen. She let herself down. She let herself down on a drag line until she hung in the air just in front of the big pig's snout. May I have your name? she asked politely. The pig stared at her. No name, he said in a big, hearty voice. Just call me Uncle. Very well, Uncle, replied Charlotte. What is the date of your birth? Are you a spring pig? Sure, I'm a spring pig, replied Uncle. But did you think I was a spring chicken? Ha <laughs> ha, that's a good one, eh, sister? Mildly funny, said Charlotte. I've heard funnier ones, though. Glad to have met you, and now I must be going. She ascended slowly and returned to Wilbur's pen. He claims he's a spring pig, reported Charlotte, and perhaps he is. One thing is certain. He has a most unattractive personality. He's too familiar, too noisy, and he cracks we and he cracks weak jokes. Also, he's not anywhere near as clean as you are, nor as pleasant. I took quite a dislike to him in our brief interview. He's going to be a hard pig to beat, though. Wilbur, he's going to be a hard pig to beat, though, Wilbur, on account of his size and weight. But with me helping you, it can be done. When are you going to spin a web? asked Wilbur. This afternoon, late, if I'm not too tired, said Charlotte. The least thing tires me these days. I don't seem to have the same energy I once had. My age, I guess. Wilbur looked at his friend. She looked rather swollen and she seemed listless. I'm awfully sorry to hear that you're feeling poorly, Charlotte, he said. Perhaps if you spin a web and catch a couple of flies, you'll feel better. Perhaps, she said wearily. But I feel like the end of a long day, clinging upside down to the ceiling, she settled down for a nap, leaving Wilbur very much worried. All morning, people wandered past Wilbur's pen. Dozens and dozens of strangers stopped to stare at him and to admire his silky white coat, his curly tail, his kind and radiant expression. Then they would move on to the next pen where the bigger pig lay. Wilbur heard several people make favorable remarks about Uncle's great size. He couldn't help overhearing these remarks and he couldn't help worrying. And now, with Charlotte not feeling well, he thought, oh dear. All morning, Templeton slept quietly under the straw. The day grew fiercely hot. At noon, the Zuckermans and the Arables returned to the pig pen. Then, a few minutes later, Fern and Avery showed up. Fern had a monkey doll in her arms and was eating crackjack, crackerjack. Avery had a balloon tied to his ear and was chewing a candied apple.
The children were hot and dirty. Isn't it hot? said Mrs. Uckerman. It's terribly hot, said Mrs. Arable, fanning herself with an advertisement of a deep freeze. One by one, they climbed into the truck and opened lunch boxes. The sun beat down on everything. Nobody seemed hungry. When are the judges going to decide about Wilbur? asked Mrs. Zuckerman. Not until tomorrow, said Miss, Mr. Zuckerman. Lurvy appeared, carrying an Indian blanket that he had won. That's just what we need, said Avery. A blanket. Of course it is, replied Lurvy. Of course it is, replied Lurvy, and he spread the blanket across the sideboards of the truck so that it was like a little tent. The children sat in the shade under the blanket and felt better. After lunch, they stretched out and fell asleep. So that's the end of this chapter. I'm going to leave you guys with this chapter here. There are several things that I would like you to kind of analyze and I would like you to think about. Remember, Charlotte came with everybody to this uh, fair because remember, Charlotte is working really, really hard, trying her best to save Wilbur's life. Wilbur is a pig. And as we know, very often, Pigs are killed for Christmas so that human beings can eat uh, ham. And Charlotte, this wonderful little spider, is trying her best to stop that from happening. At this point, everybody thinks that Wilbur, the pig, is a very special pig. Why? Because Charlotte has been waving these amazing messages on, uh, on, on her web. And everybody thinks that that's actually something that Wilbur, the pig, has done. So everybody's kind of looking at Wilbur. Everybody thinks that he is the best pig ever. Everybody is admiring him, right? So that's kind of Charlotte's plan to make everybody think that Wilbur is like the most special pig in the world so that nobody will want to kill him. Now, in this chapter, we meet yet another pig. His name is Uncle. And the problem with Uncle is that he is a huge pig. And so Wilbur is worried. He even starts to cry at some point in this chapter, right? He's worried that, oh my God, uncle's going to be better than him, right? So what is Wilbur doing? Wilbur is comparing himself to another pig. And so it's influencing his self-esteem. He's worried about, um, he's worried about, you know, if he's if he's going to be able to compete against uncle, if he's going to be able to be better than uncle, if he's going to survive. And as you can see, Charlotte is right there by Wilbur's side, comforting, comforting him, reassuring him that everything's going to be okay. So you see, this chapter ends with Again, reminding us of this very special and, and unusual friendship between this pig and this spider.
So we're going to stop reading here. We're going to end the chapter here. But I do want you guys to kind of think about what do you think is going to happen? Is Charlotte going to be able to save Wilbur? What is going to happen to this interesting little pig? So don't miss the next episode because we're going to continue to read even more. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for paying attention. Thank you for buying this book and reading it. I really appreciate it. Until next time, guys, take care. Mm -hmm.